This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Free speech lives here. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. WPHT HD. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia. A radio.com station. Now, from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios, it's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour, the mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Good morning. Get it ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, The Mortgage Mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you? I'm very, very, very good, except I got a little cabin fever. And we're here every week on 1210 at 9 a.m. Every Sunday, keep you informed on real estate, commercial, residential, everything else happening with the virus. And uh, you can give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. And we're here just to answer your questions in any way we can. And you can listen to this show and our past shows at WPHT's website or at Good News in Real Estate, which is up and operating, Deanne. So what's coming up today? I know. <laughs> you don't All right, like Mark, the coming up I on know, today's show, we have the market report. Yes. We have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. We have Mark's funny story, of course. Got one for you. And we also have our mortgage mom topic. Which is? Buyers and sellers in limbo. I kind of changed that up on you a little, Mark. Um, We also have our questions. First one is, I'm looking to rent a home. I have good income, but a credit score of 590. Is it possible for me to find a realtor to work with? The next question is, can I refinance my home if we already did it once before? Next question is, what is the difference between the asking price and the estimated value of a home? Good question. I want to list my house as a corporate lease, fully furnished, move-in ready. Is there a market for this type of rental? Hmm. Next question is, could I be a first-time homeowner with Social Security being my only income? And Mark, we also have our topic of the day, which is how much will it cost to wait to buy or sell a home one year from now? But first, Mark, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, dreams are today's answers to tomorrow's questions. So you got a dream or you can't get there if you can't see it. So so I like it. So, Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is the bell. It was loud bell today. I'm telling you. 
Anyway, this coronavirus virus has ravaged not only the national economy, it's driving down the stock market, pushing 16 million people into unemployment. But it's psychological as well. And the housing market has not escaped unscathed neither. With Americans out of work and worried about security of their jobs, in addition to their health, home buyer interest has fallen sharply, according to 90% of the realtors in a recent survey by the National Association of Realtors. About 6,000 of them, real estate professionals, participated in this survey that was conducted between April 5th and the 6th. Roughly 45% responded, said buyer interest had plunged by more than half. Just 2% they had seen an increase in eager buyers. And then, so, you know, what do you expect? You can't I mean, say that we've been locked 45% in the house. of the buyers had plunged. I mean, their hands are tied right now. I know, but you're asking people's opinion in the survey. So, you know, oh, okay. it, you got to come up with a number. The housing market is going to be stalled for the spring a little bit. Uh, buyers and sellers are not necessarily buying or purchasing right now unless they have to. And some of them were delaying the process a couple of months. I, I know we had a discussion last week about people pulling houses off the market. More than half of the realtors in this survey, 59%, said buyers are delaying their home buying searches for at least a few months. Nine, 13% said they were seeing buyers postpone their searches and sellers hold off on listing. So everybody's up in the air with this thing. And, uh, you know, and then if you watch the news, which I try not to do too much, like I read, but I can't stand the talking heads. The sellers and the buyers in the market are extremely serious, the ones that are in it, though, because they need things to happen. They can't wait. They got to move. Like, if you got to move, you got to move. So the ones that have to move due to a job or whatever, extenuating circumstance, they don't care if it's now or not. They got to go. So nearly a third of re uh, realtors reported a delay in obtaining financing was holding up transactions. Other culprits were the home appraisals, inspections, final walkthroughs, in-person signature requirements, which you talked about last week, and title searches. People being able to go into the buildings to do title searches. But the real estate professional experts expect that once all this stuff comes off the sidelines, uh, it's going to be booming. And those trapped in two small apartments, starter homes, likely hit the market along with all the others have been planning to buy until this virus is temporary, just temporarily derailed them. So what's, what do they all expect? They all expect a big rebound, and then we're going to see the big demand coming out of this whole thing. And that's what I think is going to happen, too. I think we're going to be off to the races. So, you know, I'm optimistic. I'm just like antsy. <laughs> too much time on my heads and, and i think everybody's the same way you're not used to being i actually sent an email and i think i sent you a copy the other night about you know first time since 1976 i had been sitting around like this agreed so anyway, agreed well you know what else is sitting it, around it's going to be good All so right. what you know about what else the is sitting around are the rates so right now right. we have a 30-year fixed rate at 3.625 20 years at 3.5 15-year, 3.130, and your 10-year fixed is at 3%. So if anybody has any questions on the rates, give us a call. My number is 609-605-7153. All right, so with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio, 1210 WPHD, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. 
On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break and this message from Debt-Free Living. Learn more at wehatedebt.com. Hi, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are coming up to your funny story, but before the funny story, I want to let everyone know that we have a special guest today on our show. We have Chris Summers coming up in our guest in our guest segment. He is the past GPAR president. He's also one of the partners and brokers with uh, Keller Williams. So he's going to give us some insight as to what's going on as well in our market. Right, but good. first, give us your funny story, Mark. So here's the story. This older husband and wife, they need to go out to the store for some supplies, even though, you know, nobody's supposed to go out, but you got to get some things. So they're driving towards the store and a cop pulls behind him and flashes his light. So the husband pulls over. The cop walks up to the and taps on the window. The husband rolls down the window. He says, can I help you, officer? The cop says, where are you headed? He goes, uh, you're really not supposed to be out. He goes, well, we need to get to the store and stuff. And the wife jumps right in. She goes, yeah, I told him, officer, we're not supposed to be go out. And he still wants to go out. And the cop's like, goes, all right. So the husband, uh, you know, he screams at the wife and tells her to shut up. So the cop's a little taken back. The cops say, well, you know, I stopped you because you had a taillight out. And the husband was ready to answer. The wife jumped in again. She goes, yeah, I told him to get that fixed. But he never listens. And the husband turned and he goes, will you shut up? And, and at the top of his lungs, and the cop's a little surprised. And he leans down. He goes, ma'am, does he always talk to you like that? She goes, only when he's drinking, officer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. If you have a funny story you'd like to hear on our show, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. So now it's time for the Mortgage Mom segment with Deanne Cyrus, the Mortgage Mom from Green Tree Mortgage. And her topic is, uh-oh. Buyers and on. sellers in limbo. Buyers and sellers in limbo. I knew that. I knew that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So how's this so, go? Mark, this is something that, you know, the last couple of days is really, really starting to bother me. And I don't know why it should have bothered me in the beginning, but... Buyers and sellers are in limbo and some are backing out or getting stuck with two mortgages. So for the spring market, being the prime time to make a deal is no longer what's happening. And there's a lot of different situations that are coming up that I think are completely unfair and unjust. And that's one of the things we're going to go over when Chris comes on. But for instance, there's a single mother. Um, She's a nurse. She's in her mid 30s. And she could no longer afford to live in, De- in her Delaware County house. So she took the money. She scraped it together. She got a security deposit for her first month and last month's rent for an apartment. And then she put her house on the market. All right. To help make ends meet, um, she was going to use the profits from the sale of her house that was going to close originally on April 6th. Two weeks ago, she lost her job. The buyer backed out, which was a house flipper. And he was worried that he wouldn't be able to get the renovations done because government Tom Wolf ordered nearly everyone to stay home and businesses to close, you know, to obviously fight the spread of this coronavirus. Now she's stuck with a mortgage she can't pay, an apartment she can't afford, and is stressed over how she's even going to have groceries 
and, you know, have things for her other family's living expenses. And that's just one of the things that are happening. I mean, in the week since the Corona um, pandemic, everyday life has changed in Pennsylvania. And I say Pennsylvania because Pennsylvania deemed real estate activity as non-essential. Real estate agents have been doing what they can to complete sales. But buyers, buyers are now stymied by this financial uncertainty and the unavailability of inspectors and contractors and, and the sellers that were waiting for the spring market are going to continue to wait. And this is drastically just going to be a ripple down effect, you know, as we've been talking about for a while. And, you know, what what's going to happen with these people that have that are carrying the two mortgages? I mean, for the past two weeks. Um, you know, one of someone that you and I both know, Mike McCann's team, you know, he's had singular focuses where they've been spending all their time keeping transactions together where they've gotten a lot of the home prices reduced. Right. And they're also collecting a couple months of the mortgage payments to be paid by the seller. So once they settle on the house, the seller's giving two months of mortgage payments you know, as a concession or as a credit, I'm not going to get into details, but they're able to make it work just so that these people have a sense of ease. Um, other buyers, let's say they wanted to have a home inspector check out the repairs for the seller, you know, that the sellers agreed to have them done for the settlement, but they want to have the home inspector go out there. They can't because they're not allowing home inspectors to go out there. They're not allowing appraisers, but yet they need to get to their closing because their lease is up. Um, the home that they're currently in or the apartment that they're currently in has been leased by someone else. So these I people know. are out on the street. There's all kinds of problems like that going on. You know, you have I a mean, husband and wife that are in their 70s. They're under contract to sell, you know, to sell their current home in Philadelphia and they can't. And now the condo that they're going to move into isn't letting them move in because of their age and they're afraid that there might be spread of the virus. Like this has to end, you know, the management fears that the spread of the virus can cause a large number of the other tenants to get sick. I mean, it's, this is a mess. This is a mess. It is a mess. And, and, I, and I don't know when this is going to go. I'm hoping mid May that they, 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 they got to let businesses start open. You're going to have, Unbelievable amount of small businesses close, hairstylists, restaurants, all those people, they don't sit on tons of capital and they're all going to go under. Like, yeah, there's eventually, I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, you look at the numbers, how many people actually died compared to like what else goes on? Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to eventually open these businesses or they're not going to reopen. Yeah, we're we're let's we're going to get into it a little bit more with Chris, but I want to get into some of our questions and answers right now, just so that we can. Um, some of our listeners had asked questions. I want to be able to answer them, and then we'll continue the topic when we bring Chris on. Um, okay. First question is: I'm looking to rent a home and have good income, but a credit score of 590. Is it possible for me to find a real realtor to work with me? Yeah, I mean, there, <laughs> the 590 credit score is an issue. Uh, but some realtors know a lot of investors that have somebody, if they have a good job and they had a couple issues, they could probably talk to them. But if it's just going to be strictly run your credit and you come up 590 and they say no, they're going to get shot down a lot, but they're going to have to work a little harder. But 
they should be able to find a place. Yeah, and that comes into play where, you know, you always tell people to, you know, write a letter and let them know what's going on, what are their circumstances. Yeah. All right, question number two. Can I refinance my home if we already did it once before? Of course, you can refinance your, your house as long as there's a benefit. And there has to be a reason. Are you taking cash out? Are we consolidating? Are you lowering your payment? You know, what what's going on with refinancing? As long as it's a win-win, then you can refinance. Yeah, you can do it more than once. What's the next? Next one? question is, what is the difference between the asking price and the estimated value of a home? The estimated value. I don't know if it's a realtor giving the estimated value or an appraiser. The asking price, like we just had one, uh, we just had a problem at one of our offices where one was listed for over three hundred thousand, and the appraisal came in at two ninety, and the seller was all bent out of shape and didn't want to bend. But then they knew in the beginning that they were shooting for the moon and they finally came to their senses and worked out the deal. But if you've got a good agent in the very beginning, you want to be at pretty close to the accurate price so you don't run into that kind of problem. But usually the estimated value is going to be determined by an appraisal once you get on the contract. It, except yeah, for, I mean, the, the estimated real, value is is actually... Wouldn't you agree that it's going to be before the appraisal takes place? So it's the when estimated the value house, and then the have... asking price is, you know, what the seller wants to sell it for. Right? Right. Which Right. But like if it, your agent does a good job doing comparables, what's active, what your competition is, what's pending and what's sold in the last year, you should be able to come up with a pretty accurate price. You want to be yeah. accurate. Don't, yep. you, you like these people did something stupid. They shot for an extra thirty grand or something, knowing that that might not work. And then when it happened to them, they tried to act surprised, yeah. and then it causes all kinds of headaches. So you don't want to do that. All right. Next What's question. Next I want to list my house as a corporate lease, fully furnished, move-in ready. Is there a market for this type of rental? Yeah, there are. There's companies that strictly do this for. Uh, people, CEOs, people uh, moving from town to town. And there's, uh, I worked for a company one time that had a big relocation thing like this and they want to rent something fully furnished, all set up for them. So they just come in, they're only going to be there for a year or so. And the corporate corporation is going to pick it up. There's companies that strictly do this. So you have to do a little research, but you can find a company that'll do that. All right. Question number five. Could I become a first time homeowner with Social Security being my only income? Sure. As long as you qualify. Yeah, Absolutely. According to what your credit is and how much you can afford. I mean, it doesn't have to be. It could be a con small condo. It could be whatever. What, and it's according to where it's at. It's in, out in the middle of Utah and <laughs> you can get something really cheap for uh, it's according to how much Social Security you get, too. Right. So. And one of the things people get confused about is what the definition of a first time homeowner is. So sometimes with some of these grants and programs that are available, it's someone that hasn't owned a home in the last three years. Um, when it comes to FHA, people think that you have to be a first time homeowner to get an FHA loan. And that's right. not true. You don't have to be a first time homeowner. You just same can't have two FHA loans at the same time. So if I have an FHA loan today and I'm selling my house and I want to purchase another house, 
I can get another FHA loan. It is not just for first-time homeowners. That's like vets. Some vets think that they can, you know, once they use their veterans uh, administration loan, they can't do another VA, but they can. Right. And that, that's a confusing thing. The first-time homebuyer thing is you can keep buying houses, you know. <laughs> We'd be out of business if they didn't, right? No. Yeah, if you could only <laughs> buy one, one and done, that would be boring. <laughs> right? That's one of the things that I tell everybody when, you know, when I'm teaching the classes is that, you know, most people only keep a loan for five to seven years and then they either refinance or they move. Now, if everybody stayed in that house for 360 months, we'd be out of business. Well, not maybe out of business, but there would well, be a lot less business. you know what I mean. If business. everybody just yeah, bought I, one home and stayed in it for 30 years. 30 years, I know. Yeah, yeah. most people, and especially uh, in a big urban areas, people, most people move. It's surprisingly, they're starting, the baby boomers are starting to stay a little longer, but most people are moving five to seven years. They move again. When they first buy that house and they see 30-year mortgage, they think they're going to be there forever, but majority of them are not going to move. They're going to move right. for some reason. Jobs, more kids, less kids, whatever. Chickens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, they want chickens. So they were, I, I, so they were I'm, great I'm, questions. I am unbelievable. It's unbelievable how many chicken things I see on Facebook now. Everybody's getting a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. That was a great segment. So coming up next is going to be our guest segment. We have Chris Summers. He is the past president of GPAR, which is the Greater Philadelphia Association of Realtors, and also a partner and broker with Keller Williams. So he's here to give us our, his insight on COVID-19. All right, very good. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate on here on Talk Radio, 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. We will be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. But first, a word from one of our home team partners, Remax, and Alan Stassen, who's famous for being a Philadelphia real estate expert. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. Where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we're up to our guest segment, and we are honored today to have Chris Summers here. He is the past GPAR president. Um, he's also a partner and broker at Keller Williams, as well as the CEO of the Summers team. So, Chris, welcome. Thank you for being our guest today. Hey, it's an honor you, to be. Chris? I'm doing great. It's an honor to be your guys' guest. I, I love you both and really appreciate you know what you guys have been doing you know, with the show you know, over a long time. Yeah. Thank you. We appreciate it. And and today, Chris, we really wanted to talk about, you know, there was a call to action that came out this past week um, for real estate agents, you know, for the real estate industry to be essential. And, you know, I, I'm, I feel very passionate about this. Um, you know, I live in New Jersey, but most of my business is in Pennsylvania. And, you know, as you know, in New Jersey, we're still able to have open houses. We're still be able to show houses, um, you know, one-to-one, -one. but in Pennsylvania, we're completely shut down. And I really, first and foremost, wanted to get, you know, your take on that. Especially she don't like being non-essential. <laughs> hey, I mean, who doesn't, doesn't like to be non-essential, Mark? I mean, it, it's hard. I mean, 
I mean, well, one, I mean, things are still selling. I mean, through virtual tours and, and three sick, you know, through property videos, they are, but obviously transactions are, are down dramatically because, you know, most, most of that does require, you know, going to the property or, or having open houses. And, you know, does it make a lot of sense for one state to be essential and the other not? Well, no, but, you know, that just kind of gets back to, you know, who's the governor, you know, who's making the decisions, you know, at the upper level. But, you know, as past, past president of GPAR, you know, I've really been proud to see the associations, you know, the, the Greater Philadelphia Association of Realtors working in conjunction with PAR, the Pennsylvania Association of Realtors. And, and just yesterday, you know, a call to action just went out, you know, for every realtor, you know, to contact, you know, their local congressman to say, hey, you know, turn the lights back on. Hey, you know, we're, we're essential. And I think most people would agree, um, you know, that there's probably a lot less risk. And I know, you know, safety and healthy is the biggest concern. Yeah, but I think most people would agree that there's less risk going into a vacant property, you know, a couple, you know, 10 feet at a time, 10 yards at a time, than there is going to Wawa, number one. Um, and number two, you know, I think most people would agree whether someone says one is essential or not, you know, people that, that need to be moving in into you know, neighborhoods and housing, you know, it could be a tenant, you know, someone might be you know, relocating, you know, they're, you know, they're here, they're staying here. I mean, these, these are essential activities. And, and obviously they would be done, uh, Mark and, 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 and Mortgage Mom, um, you know, with the right precautions, with the right safety measures, you know, it's still safety right. first. But business could be done simultaneously. And that and Chris, that's the whole I, point. Yeah. I mean go ahead, Mark. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, you go way out shopping and you go to whatever, uh, a food store or Dollar General or something, you're in line and they got stars in the floor for you so you don't stand too close. We're talking about a place to live. I mean, right. how much more essential does it get? Yeah, I mean, to me, you know, I, I read some articles, you know, it, maybe it's a luxury or whatnot, but to me, at the end of the day, shelter, you know, is essential. You know, shelter is, you know, where, where it's at. And, you know, when, you know, the economy and, and people are really struggling, you know, it doesn't just affect, you know, the realtor showing houses, you know, it affects all the ancillary type businesses, you know, mortgage, title, appraiser, inspections, you know, interior designers, you know, furniture, stores, your local businesses. It just goes on and on. You know, housing, right. especially in, in Philadelphia, you know, is an engine, you know, for a local economy. So to, sh to turn it off, when it might not necessarily need to be turned off, maybe have an exemption for vacant properties, you know, have things be open, you know, with the 100% safety measures, you know, that, that, that's required, you know, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I think we'll probably be hearing something soon. That's what my intuition is telling me, you know, where maybe, you know, this will change. I, I really hope you're right. There's, there's got to be, there, you know, if you go to a showing and there's a family there, the family goes out of the house. Why do people take go do the showing? Uh, you give them rubber gloves. You tell them not to touch anything. And you can still get a look at every house without, you know, touching every doorknob in the place. There's ways to do it. And, and we, one of our questions earlier was, you know, some people, they don't have an opportunity. They don't have the luxury of waiting. 
like their job transferred they have to move it isn't like you know an option it's really well, yeah, essential or, or, or maybe you can look at it this why penalize the consumer you know you can look at it well the realtor can't do this but you're also penalizing someone that that might be hey they saved up money they're ready to buy a home this is the time their lease is coming up and they can lock into a rate of three percent you know fast forward you know by pa doing this people might be able to be, be doing it in new jersey you know, but why penalize you know, all these people you know or maybe things get better you know and the rates are three and a quarter three and a half i don't know you know it just doesn't make sense that we're kind of like you know holding you know people back you know before you know, letting them in, you know, if you let them in, it's safe, the precautions are there, and, you know, things can get done. I know that this similar conversation is going on, you know, in the news, you know, but this is like at our level, and obviously a lot of people, you know, are very upset at, at, at Governor Wolf, you know, as a result, and, and not for nothing, perhaps they should be. I agree. And then I, I saw one crazy governor out west said something like, we think, he thinks we should hold everything up to the end of June. I'm like, whoa. I mean, like, there'll, there'll be businesses, not just real estate, restaurants, all kinds of businesses. They won't, they will not reopen. They, they will, will not, not recover from this. They will not survive that long. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. And, and, you know, and why not let, you know, if we're in this period of time, you know, if, if an agent, you know, is uncomfortable showing a property, well, maybe someone in their office, they can team up or, you know, if they're on a team, you know, and that way, you know, people aren't, you know, being left out, you know, in whatever, you know, capacity it is. But, you know, if, if you know, if, if things are being done where it's it's safe, the precautions are being made, you know, why not, you know, let that business occur, especially when we already know, you know, 100% with these vacant properties, you know, I don't you know, see where the risk is and, and why that wouldn't be essential yeah, for people to have you know uh, a roof over their head. Me neither. Me neither. Yeah, one. I, I, and I'm one really of the things that that I talked about businesses. on on my segment was you know where you have a couple that has sold their house and maybe just you know scraped together enough money to get their first deposit and their security deposit to be able to move into an apartment. Right now, they can't move into that apartment. They can't sell their house. Now the landlord gave the you know that apartment away to someone else, and they're screwed. Now they can't afford to make those mortgage payments. You know it's just a trickle down, and it just we really this call to action. I mean everybody has to to jump in and realize how important it's not about putting the money in our pocket in our pocket. It's about the economy. It's about moving forward, and it's about doing the right thing. Imagine how much distress they're under. You talk about health. Imagine if you know you're in that situation. Uh, what kind of stress you're under? You know. That, they that talked people, about it last night, Mark. They said how many more people are going to commit suicide, overdose. I mean, you know, there's pe people don't know when this is going to end, and you know, to be responsible for taking someone's life in that end is that going to be a COVID nineteen, you know, statistic? What happens? I know it's a mess. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it's tough. I mean, and I, I, I understand, you know, health and safety, and that's still the number one priority. But obviously, you know, th things could be done simultaneously with, you know, the right precautions, with the right procedures, you know, with the right training protocol, 
you know, people can kind of step up and, and be like, you know what, I'm going to look out for my safety. I'm going to look out for my client's safety, everyone's, you know, safety, you know, but I could also do this at the same time and be super, super safe. And like we just talked about a lot, probably more safe, you know, than, you know, at Wawa. And I mean, is, is getting that cup of coffee at Wawa that essential, you know, and, and that's right. where this conversation, you know, can, you know, can go. Right. right. Well, Chris, we really appreciate you coming on. Our time is up, um, but let everyone know how to get a hold of you. Yeah, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Um, The Summers team on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or, you know, just contact me, uh, you know, the Summers team at at Gmail. All right. Very good. Thanks, Chris. And when uh, this is over, we'll get you in the studio with us. Hey, I look forward to seeing you guys face to face. I'll give you, you know, virtual fist pumps, elbows, or <laughs> maybe we're we're back to hugging. You guys are awesome. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Right, Thank you, thanks, Chris. Chris. All right, All right and coming up next is our topic of the day: How much will it cost to wait to buy or sell a home next year? All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News and Real Estate here on twelve ten WPHT. All positive all the time. We'll do that. Good news in real estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at mortgagemom.net. Hi, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive. All the time. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, I'm really fired up. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, All right. We are up to our topic of the day. How much will it cost to wait or to buy a home next year? And this is uh, something good to talk about because the vast majority of the real estate industry experts, the experts, which I, when I do the market reports, I I read everything because some of it, you got to be very careful what you believe. But pricing, I don't think this is going to have a big impact on pricing whatsoever. Uh, once it, once you mean as far as the values of the homes, you don't think it's going to be affected? No, no. I think uh, probably at least talking nationwide, you're probably looking at 5% increases over in 20. There's neighborhoods in Philly, like Fishtowns, up-and-coming neighborhoods like uh, Kensington, where probably they're going to go up like 15%. Well, they would because there's no inventory still. So it goes back to the supply and demand. We're we're still having that demand issue. The industry, they're predicting the rates will rise probably somewhere during 20 into 21. I don't know how far we'll get with that based upon all the impact of all of the slate increases. They're talking about right now a possible decrease. But even though the longer you wait, the sooner you can get into this, the better. You want to take advantage of these rates and and catch the houses before they go up in value. I mean, you, you start buying like, you know, $400,000 houses and they're going up by like 8%. You're talking some cash. So the longer you hold out, the less you're going to be able to afford. That's the way I say it. And even the sellers, the sellers are going to be losing by waiting. Like, And a lot of sellers... We're down to 4,300 homes for sale in Philadelphia. That's that's the lowest 
since I've been in the industry, and yeah, you know, I know it's only been a couple of years, but like uh, fourteen <laughs> year low, a fourteen year low, we were already at, and we're down. We went down again at the with the people pulling things off the market and all. So when the, these prices are going to keep escalating and escalating, appreciating in value, and so so even the sellers, even though they're going to cash in well. They're going to have to buy something else. And so whatever they're going to pay for, it's going to cost more too. And if you miss these rates, you're going to pay even more. So, I mean, what, what was today's rate? On your 30-year fixture at 3.625. I mean, see, like a lot of people are spoiled that are like a, a little younger than me because I locked in. When uh, we had a farmer in the White House, and my rate was 18. I was going to say 18%, yep. 18%, and I was happy as hell when I locked in. Because I knew people that were paying 20. 20%. I mean, now the one thing I did read, that some banks are going to be tightening up their uh, demands on higher credit scores, maybe more down. It's all going to depend on the lenders. But, like, you really... This is the time. I sent an email out to all the agents the other day. I sent, I think I sent you a copy of it. But this is the time that you should be planning if you're a, uh, one of our listeners and you're thinking about buying or selling. This is when you should sit down, call the end, get pre-approved, have a plan together. If you got a couple credit nicks, figure out what they are. If you're thinking about selling, do what you got to do to get the top dollar and, and have a plan together. And take advantage of these because once you sell, you're going to have to buy something. And wouldn't you rather pay 3.6% than maybe 5% and maybe yep. 200000 instead of two twenty? So, you know, this is a, an opportunity to really think about what you got to do. And Agreed, Mark. That was an awesome segment. So. If anybody has any questions, you want to get pre-approved, give me a call. My number is 609-605-7153. You can also call Mark at 267-266-5501. Coming up next is our segment with Dr. A, and we're going to talk about today actually working from home. And I believe Dr. A is on the line with us. Dr. A, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? How are you? And I was glad to hear that good news about your wife, too. Very good. Very good news. Yeah, well, she's my significant other. So uh, we've been together for oh, right. over 20 years, but we're not married. So uh, <laughs> what is that? Something and, about the personality? You can't pull the trigger there or what? <laughs> no. <it's, laughs> why, why pull the trigger? Okay. Because we both, we both have our own kids. We both have our own lives and we both have our own bank accounts. Uh, oh, so and, you and you need you don't. <laughs> You don't need to have paperwork to demonstrate that you're in love with somebody. All right. Wow. He, he said well, that a few well, times, hasn't he? That came right out like a script. It did. That was a script. <laughs> All right. So, well, doctor, tell us, they do ask, tell, us, but, uh, tell, us, tell us about this working at home thing. Well, uh, 
we were talking about last time we were talking about uh, the stress that all this working at home is causing people. And we talked about the D and, and the I behavioral style. And what we were uh, going to do today was finish up and talk about the S and the C, uh, you know, behavioral style. So when it, when it comes to stressors for the S and, and, and keep in mind that the S are people who are very, very steady, very sensitive. Um, uh, they're, they're great listeners. Uh, uh, they're kind of maternalistic or paternalistic type of individuals. But anyhow, the main things that, that, that cause them stress is, is when there's change. Hello. I mean, what's happening yeah. right now is it's change, you know, every day. I mean, there's monumental change every week, but there's huge changes every day about what's happening in our lives. And the other thing is, too, you don't want, interestingly enough, you don't want to embarrass them. You don't want them to, you don't want to give them too much praise, even though they deserve it, because they feel embarrassed. And somebody's a D or an I, they have a hard time understanding that, but it's true. Uh, because what you need to do is if you want to praise them, you need to praise them more in, in private. Uh, and don't be too heavy on it, but, but, but just say it once and say it nicely and they get it. Because what happens with the S's is they internalize things. Okay. All right. So how do you help an S deal with this change. Well, the easiest way to do it is to look at things programmatically and, and make them into smaller bite-sized pieces. Not that they don't have the intelligence to, to see the whole thing. They definitely do. There's no difference between intelligence on the DIS and C. Okay. But what happens is, is they like to know about, you know, where you're going, what the plan is. So what you can do is you can talk about, well, these are what we have to get done today. This is what's going on. This is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. But uh, I also want to look at this. I don't want to look at that. You know, so you, you divide it into small bite-sized pieces. The best example is when we're born, we don't all of a sudden get out of the womb and start running. What we do is we just lay there for a while and then we learn how to turn over, okay, or roll over, and then we learn how to crawl, then we learn how to, to stand, then we learn how to walk, and then we learn how to, to, to run, okay? It's the same right. thing with the S's. What you want to do is you want to look at it programmatically, okay, and you want to look at the different steps that are going to get you where you want to go, and then talk about those steps, and then start at the beginning. Now, right. uh, when, when it comes to the, to the C, uh, what, what happens with the C is C's don't like to be wrong. They, they no, fear not. They fear is they make, fear, make a mistake. Yes, absolutely. And they also don't like to deal with intense emotions, which is really difficult right now because you have all these intense emotions going on. You know, people are at the home. You have the kids are at home You because you're not at school. You've got the parents at our home because nobody wants them to, to, to come into work. In some cases, you also have the grandparents at home because they've taken them out of the long-term care facilities because they're not the safest place to be right now. So what happens right. is you have all these people that are together that aren't used to being together. It depends on the size of the home. You know, a lot of people live in homes that are 1,500 square feet or less. Okay. You know, so you have all these people in a smaller confined area and they start getting on each other's nerves and there's high emotionality. So, so right. these are things that go on, you know, for the, for the C. All right. I mean, all right, doctor, we're going to have to wrap it up right there, and then we'll talk about our next topic off the air. So how do I get a hold of you? It's real easy. All you have to do is Dr. A, D-R period A, at Abelson, A-B-E-L-S-O-N dot net, or go to Abelson, A-B-E-L-S-O-N dot net. Uh, and we actually have a free assessment right now on uh, working from home. So, uh, in fact, we're going to be putting it on our homepage page. Uh, 
Well, by the time you hear this, it'll be on the homepage. So go to our homepage and you can take this free assessment. It takes less than 15 minutes and it'll come right back to you immediately and show you how you can be more effective uh, working from home. All right. Great. Thank you, Dr. A. Facebook. All right. You can email your questions to 8029 at Comcast.net or give Mark a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-7153. And a special thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in every week and listening to the show here on 1210. And you can listen to the podcast at goodnewsandrealestate.com. So with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio, 1210 WPHT. All positive. All positive. All the time. All the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When we make a profit, you see it. Better rates, fewer fees, and we give back to the community all the things that you want from a financial institution. Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours.